And turn in your New Testament to 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1. I am going to preach really a message based on what's been going on in our country and what's going on in our state. And uh, the title of my message this morning is The Coronavirus, A Biblical Mindset. This is a different kind of a message for me because I don't usually preach this kind of a message. But I do believe this. I believe that it is absolutely crucial that as God's people, we have the right response to what's going on, particularly in times like this. Now, that's true all the time. Because the truth of the matter is there are all kinds of people that are watching you. Uh, You've got relatives that are watching you because you say you're saved. And they want to see if there's a difference. You've You've got people at work that are watching you. You've got uh, uh, folks that uh, are in your neighborhood. You've got friends that uh, are watching you. You've got saved people that are watching you, but you've also got lost people that are watching you and want to see how you respond to something like this. So there's a verse that has been going through my mind for about the last four days, four or five days. I just over and over and over and over again, God has brought it to me. And uh, I said, well, Lord, you know, I'm not, I'm not the, the, the sharpest knife in the drawer, but maybe this is what you have me to preach on on Sunday morning, because uh, it just, you know, throughout the, mo- the majority of this week, this is a verse that has, has come to my heart and mind. So let's all stand together. You're in 2 Timothy chapter 1. If your neighbor doesn't have a Bible, let him look on with you so we can read together. We're going to read it out loud. Verse 7, we're going to read it through two times just in case it doesn't stick the first time, okay? So, 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. Let's read together. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. One more time. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Let's bow our heads for prayer. God, I'm so thankful that I serve a God who is in control, who knows what's going on, who uh, equips us even before problems and difficulties come. Uh, Lord, you have given to us, those of us that are here this morning that are saved, you've given to us the Spirit of God, and you've given to us the Word of God. And, uh, Lord, we can have confidence because we have your spirit. Uh, You are our God. You're sitting on the throne. You've not abdicated it. Uh, Lord, uh, uh, you you, uh, are not asleep. These these things that are are happening worldwide are not catching you by surprise. Uh, Father, I'm just thankful that you're God and we can have our confidence in you. We pray your blessings upon this message this morning. We ask, Lord, that you would use it to comfort hearts, to help hearts, to strengthen hearts, and that this morning, uh, Lord, we would, we would take just real, real seriously what our response will be in life uh, as, as this thing progresses. Uh, some have said... Uh, you know, it's going to get worse before it gets better. I can't tell you, Lord, how many times I've heard that phrase to the point where I'm sick of it. But if it does, and it possibly can, uh, Lord, uh, we need to be prepared. We need to have, 
have, have our heart right. Now, you, we're hearing a lot of people talk about, about having toilet paper and about having meat and about having all the, the, the net necessities of life. I haven't heard one single person talk about preparing your heart. Not a one. And uh, the truth of the matter is, if we get all that physical stuff down, but our heart isn't prepared, it's all for naught. So God, please, help us to get our hearts prepared and our minds set. And uh, God, strengthen our confidence in you this morning for us. In Jesus' name that we pray. All God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I love the first part of that verse. God hath not given us the spirit of fear. He's not given us the spirit of fear. Now, there, that means simply this, that there's things that you should not fear. The Bible says the fear of man bringeth a snare. We're not to fear others. Uh, we should not fear disease. Now, uh, you know, the coronavirus, uh, they're, they're talking about how, how it, can, it can kill some people. It, it basically has killed people that, that are older in age, not that are younger and uh, uh, it, can, it can definitely do some damage. It can knock somebody out for anywhere from one, one to two weeks. But uh, let's just be careful, okay? Uh, God has not given you the spirit of fear if you're saved, and you should not be afraid of that. Uh, we should not be afraid of the devil. Uh, why? You, you say, well, why? He, isn't he powerful? Yeah, but he's a defeated foe. And, and your God can give you victory over him every sing, single, single step of the way. Uh, we should not fear situations. We should not fear what would normally be fearful circumstances in the lives of others. Because God hath not given us the spirit of fear. Now, on the other side of the coin, we are supposed to fear one person. And that's God. And if you have the right, and I have the right fear of God, uh, then those other things won't bother us, that, that those other fears won't grip us. Uh, take your Bibles and turn with me to Proverbs chapter 1. Proverbs chapter 1. In Proverbs 1, I want you to look at a few verses with me, starting in verse 24 down through, down through verse 30. Verse 24 says, Because I have called you, this is God speaking, to those that have rebelled against him, because I have called you and you refused, I have stretched out my hand and no man regarded. Now that's the majority of the world today, okay? The majority of the world has responded that way. Verse 25, But ye have said it not all my counsel, and with none of my reproof, I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh. When your fear cometh as desolation, and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind. When distress and anguish cometh upon you, then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. For that they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. Fear of the Lord's a choice. They would none of my counsel, they despised all my reproof. So in, uh, in order to fear the Lord, we have to make a choice to fear Him and not those other things. Go, go look with me, just back up a little bit. Chapter 1, verse 7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, 
but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Go to Proverbs chapter 9. Proverbs chapter 9. Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10. says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. Uh, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, and the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. We are supposed to fear God. But God hath not given us the spirit of fear in those other areas when it comes to man and circumstances, diseases, the devil, etc., etc., whatever fear or phobia that you may have, have to wrestle with, God has not given us a spirit of fear. So if you have the spirit of fear over this thing, it did not come from God. It came from us. It came from ourselves. And we need to be careful. Now, should we still be circumspect? Should we still be, be cautious? Absolutely. Absolutely. Only a fool wouldn't be. But there's a difference between being circumspect and cautious and being full of fear. Now, what do we have the spirit of? He said, you, God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but, he says, of power and of love and of the sound mind. We have, we have the spirit of power. Um, and, and this is speaking about people that are saved, people that have trusted Christ as Savior. 1 Peter 1.5 says, Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed at the last time. That's a good verse having to do with eternal security, but it's also a reminder that God keeps His own. God watches over His own. He does so with his power. And if you're saved, you have access to that power. Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 3, According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, uh, 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 godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. What, what God's saying there is, is everything you need in order to survive, and everything you need in order to to, uh, to, to live, to live for God. And, uh, everything you need to get through circumstances, God has put at your disposal. That power has been given unto you. Romans chapter 8 and verse 37 says, We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Isn't that a blessing? That's good to know. You know, we, we don't need to be defeated. We don't need to be depressed. We don't need to be losers, for sure, because we're on the winning side. The Bible says God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, and he's given us the spirit of love. He's given us the spirit of love. We can love God, and we can love God now, if you're saved, you can love God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. It's a, again, it's a choice, but, but God has given you that spirit of love. Uh, we can love our neighbors as ourselves. God took the two, uh, took all of the commandments of the Old Testament, basically boiled them down to two: love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and then second, the second is like unto it: love thy neighbor as thyself. Uh, we can we can we can accomplish both of those things if you're saved, because God hath given us the spirit of love. We can love those that are not saved. Uh, Psalm 126, 5 and 6 says, He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. We can have a heart 
for lost people. We can have a, a love for folks that, that respond totally wrong to this whole, whole situation. By the way, I don't, expect them, I don't expect the world to operate any differently than it's operating because it's the world. But you and I are different. We are a peculiar people. We're a chosen generation. We're a royal priesthood. If you're saved, you are different. And that means our response to things like this needs to, needs to be different. It needs to be earmarked. Uh, we, can, we can love and set our affections on things above not on things on the earth, like it says in the book of Colossians. So God has given us the spirit of, of, uh, uh, of power. He's given us the spirit of love. And then he's given us the spirit of a sound mind. What is a sound mind? Sound mind is simply the capacity to think rightly and rationally and therefore respond rightly, respond properly. Uh, you have that. Now, you know, can, can we go off the rails? Yes, we can. <laughs> and, and, and probably all of us have at one time or another. But it's not necessary because God has given us the, 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 the power of a, and the, 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 uh, the spirit of, of a sound mind. A sound mind is an, is an ability that, that we have now that we're saved to have a godly response rather than a fleshly reaction. And God, again, God expects His people to respond differently. There ought to be a calmness in your heart, even though things are swirling around you. There ought to be a, a peace that passes all understanding. And, and, and the truth is, is that all of us have a choice. We have a choice. Uh, there are two options in, in the, the life of a child of God. Whenever we're up against a difficult situation, whenever we're up against uh, uh, afflictions and problems and trouble, we have, we have two choices when it comes to our response. Take your Bibles and turn with me to the, the book of Romans. Book of Romans. We'll be looking at several different kinds of verses this morning. Romans chapter 8. And the, the, new, the new translations of the Scriptures in English uh, constantly butcher this verse. Constantly. In fact, they, they, just about all of them leave out the last part of the verse. This is not talking. This is talking to people that are saved and saying that because you are saved, you now have two choices. Before you were saved, you only had one choice. You know what your choice was? Walk in the flesh. <laughs> walk after the flesh. Why? You, well, you walk after the flesh because you were in the flesh. But it, once you get saved, you're no longer in the flesh, positionally, but you're in the Spirit. And so because you are, because you're saved... Now, with every, with every circumstance and situation that comes our way, we've got a choice. And if you look at me in verse 1, it says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who... It doesn't say just all those that are in Christ Jesus. There's no condemnation. And that's really what the other versions Im imply. 
But that isn't the, the thrust of the verse. That's not the thrust of this chapter. The rest of it, the rest of the verse says, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. You have a choice. You have a choice of responding uh, by the spirit of God, walking after the spirit, or walking after the flesh. And and we have a, we have that choice in every circumstance and, and situation. Go to chapter. Uh, go to chapter. Uh, look at, in in chapter eight. Look down at verse twelve through seventeen. Twelve through seventeen it says, "Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live after the flesh." In other words, your flesh has never done you any favors. <laughs> your you know following your fleshly instincts. Never has been good, never will be good. Verse 13, for if we live after the flesh, we shall die. Now again, this talk to save people. Save people. Uh, sin can kill you. You know, sin is not your friend. Sin can kill you. If you, we live after the flesh, we shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. Obviously, people that make a lot of fleshly choices die earlier than saved people that make a lot of spiritual choices. Verse 14, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. In other words, when you have a, a problem, you have a situation, you need help, uh, you don't you don't you don't cry out you don't, you don't you don't respond in fear if you're following the spirit of God you cry out to your father because your father cares for you and by the way uh, nothing has slipped past the the eyes of God on this whole coronavirus thing nothing has and and I I, I believe that He is watching over His people now that doesn't mean you won't get it. That doesn't mean that it won't cause you problems. Listen, this thing's going to affect, in one way or another, maybe not health-wise, but in otherwise, uh, it's going to affect probably everybody here. Um, I, I, you know, I've been looking at this whole thing this week. There is a good possibility, and, and again, I'm not saying this to make you fear. I'm really not. I'm, I'm, I'm just resigned to it. Our whole economy could collapse over this deal. I could. Oh, we're putting the brakes on everything. Everything. Uh, there are salaries that are going to be cut. There are, you know, there are people that, 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 that were planning on making money this next week that will not make money this week because their business is closed down. Um, and, and I believe that some, not necessarily all, but some of those decisions were, were just knee-jerk reactions. They were way overreaching reactions. Uh, I'm not going to tell you which ones are which because I really don't know. I can, I've got an opinion. Who doesn't? Uh, but... But, but, that's, but that's not the point. The point is, is that we, ha we, we have a choice, and we can either respond uh, by the flesh, or we can respond by the Spirit of God. Um, let's see, look down at verse 16. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God, and if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may also that we may be also glorified together. It says you might suffer. And you know, and I was reading through this this passage and thinking, well, you know, God will take care of me. 
But if he allows me to go through problems and difficulties, if he allows me to get the coronavirus, you know what? He's still my father. <laughs> and he still loves me. And he's still watching over me. You know, did, did God keep the Apostle Paul from all problems, difficulties, trials and tribulations? No, he took him right through them. He gave him, he, 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 he sent him, he delivered to him a, a, a messenger of Satan to give him a thorn in the flesh, and God watched the whole thing happen and said, that's okay, go ahead. But he said, my grace is sufficient for thee. He taught him some things through that experience that Paul never would have learned any other way. He gave him strength on the inside that he never would have had had he not gone through it. The bottom line is, you and I have a Father in heaven who watches over us. And when I say us, I don't mean us. Now, I, I believe he does do that, okay? But I mean you. You know, sometimes we think us, and we forget I'm part of us, okay? We're talking about you as an individual. Go to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. And this is... This is another explanation of the choices that we have as saved people. 16 through 18, Galatians 5. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the, the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary, the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. But if you be led of the Spirit, you are not under the law. It says we have a choice to walk either after the flesh or we have a choice to walk after the Spirit. Now, I said all that to say this. Where is God in your situation right now? And where will God be a week from now? And where will God be two weeks from now? Now, what I mean by that is this. Will you see God in your situation? I have heard probably more talk, and I've, and I've been guilty of it. Okay? I'm not just pointing a finger. Uh, I have heard more talk about the coronavirus, and oh my goodness, it could do this, and it could do that, and it could do... Yeah, it could. Okay? So where is God in this whole thing? Good question. You know, do we speak more of the dangers of this coronavirus or of the power and of the grace of our God? Honestly, I've heard, and in this church, and just period, uh, and even in my own heart and thoughts, there for a while until I finally put a break on. Uh, by the way, uh, it might not be a good idea for you to watch news 24-7, you know, that really doesn't, uh, that really doesn't nurture uh, power, love, and a sound mind. <laughs> it really doesn't. Now, I'm not saying, you know, be stupid and don't, don't keep up with what's going on, but just, just be careful of that kind of stuff. The, the reason why? Because they will nurture the spirit of fear, and God hath not given you the spirit of fear, but he's given you the, the uh, power, and he's given you love, and he's given you a sound mind. And what we need to ask is, you know, for instance, I've already heard this, and I agree with it. I agree with it. I agree with it 100%. We as a nation 
have killed millions and millions of babies. Guess what? We probably deserve the coronavirus. Probably deserve it as a nation. Um, I, I, I'm constantly amazed at how, how some people think. Um, the, 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 the far liberal mentality says that there are too many people on this earth and we need to, we need to thin out the herd. Well, then they ought to be dancing a jig right now. Right? I mean, really. But who's screaming the loudest about this stuff? Uh, it's, it's, it's folks that have that kind of mindset. And it's, it's goofy. It, it, just, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't even make sense. But, but we, we have a tendency to look at, at the thing and say, and I, and I think it's all right to do this. Uh, in fact, I think we need to do this. Is say, what's God doing in America? Well, I, I think there's an opportunity to be a witness like we've not had recently. I think there's an opportunity to speak out for Jesus Christ and show a difference to people uh, through, through something that we've, we're all going to experience in common. But we need to ask ourselves, what's, what's God doing in America? What's God doing in New York State? Uh, man, it's crazy around here. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're canceling anything and everything. And, again, if, you know, if, if they make a decree that something is to be canceled, and, and it includes our church, we'll, we'll look at that thing and probably do it. Uh, uh, but, but we need to look at that and say, okay, what's God doing in New York State? Then we need to say, okay, what's God doing in Auburn? But don't stop there. What's God doing in this whole thing in your life? What's God, what's God doing in my life? You know, even if you don't get sick, this thing's going to affect you. It's already affected people. It's going to disrupt, uh, you know, our life as we know it. And like I said, it already has. Take your Bibles and turn with me to uh, 1 Peter chapter 4. Now, this is why I think it's so important to ask ourselves this question. 1 Peter, First Peter chapter 4, look at me in verse 17 down through the end of this chapter. It says, for the time has come that judgment must begin to the house of God. Man, I, I read that. I read that this week and thought, whew, whew. If it was time back then, how much more time is it today? Okay, for the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. You know who that is? That's us. Okay, see, yeah, well, that's American churches. No, that's Freedom Baptist Church. Okay, it's us. We've got to make it personal. For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begin at us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? In other words, we're the first ones that God expects to respond to this stuff. He doesn't expect the, the world to respond first, and especially those that have, have rejected him. And, and verse 18, And if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? Wherefore, let them that suffer 
according to the will of God, commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. Realize that God deals or desires to deal with us first because we're his children. And, and we need to answer some questions not, I really don't think it's, 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 a, it's a corporate type of thing. I think it's an individual thing in our, in our personal lives. And we need to ask ourselves some, some personal questions. There, I got introduced to this, this concept back, oh, quite a few years ago. And somebody made a comment about, uh, uh, you know, uh, when, when things occur in our lives, we know what the Bible says. The Bible says in Romans 8, 28, all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. And I realize that you're, you're not going to know all of those all things that work together and, and how, how they work together for good, but you can know some of them. You can know some of them. And so the, the, the proposition was proposed that uh, what we need to do as Christians is ask, okay, not, not just for the nation, not just for the state, not just for my area, not just for the company I work for, but why did God let this happen to me? Why did God let it happen in my life? Because again, we're all going to be affected. So there's some, there's some questions, and I'm just going to give you five. There's a whole lot more than five. But I'm going to give you five questions that you and I, I think, need to ask ourselves during this time. And because we need to be on the right side of things. Uh, I, again, you can be on the right side of things and still get the coronavirus. You can be right with God and still get hit. But you know what? If I'm going to get hit, I want to be on the right side. <laughs> you know, I want to be right with God. I want to have my heart in the right place. I want, to have, I want to have my house in order, so to speak, okay? And so here are some questions, just simple questions, that all of us can ask ourselves. Number one, is God chastening me? Is God chastening me? Is, you say, well, no, it's happening to everybody. Yeah, but maybe he's bringing the boom down a little bit extra heavy on you because he's trying to get your attention on something. Because there's something that's wrong in your life and you need to take care of it. And, and you know, I, we all need to ask that. We, we all need to be honest before God uh, and, and, and just simply ask, is God chastening me? The Bible says, he whom he loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. There's nobody in here that doesn't get a scourging from time to time. There's nobody in here, not a one of us. Uh, and because, because God loves us and he cares for us and he wants to keep us straight. Uh, could there possibly be a, a sin, a fault, a character defect, a blind spot that's in your life that, that needs to be corrected? So number one, is God chasing me? Number two, is God using this to humble me? I think, I think in, in every one of our lives, I think all of us can say yes to that one. Um, I think one of the greatest struggles, not only the greatest, I think one of the greatest needs we have is humility. I think one of the greatest struggles all of us have is pride. We all think too much of ourselves. We just do. 
And, uh, uh, but we need to ask ourselves, what, you know, is God using this to, to, to humble me? James chapter 4 and verse 6 says, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. How many of you, because none of us know what's coming down the pipe. I mean, this whole thing could blow over and it could be nothing. Uh, there is a possibility, uh, and this is no guarantee, okay? But there is a possibility because we are more circumspect in cleanliness in this country than many other countries are, that it won't affect us the same way that it affects them. However, I, will say, I, I, I say all that, say that that's the normal situation. However, if God wants to get a point across to us or as individuals, that's not even going to make any difference. <laughs> so, you know, you say, so what's going to happen? I have no clue. And you don't either. And that's what causes sometimes us to have the spirit of fear when we get our eyes off of God. Because we don't know what's coming down the pipe. We've got more questions than we've got answers. When, when, uh, when our son Jonathan was born, you know, we, he was born seven weeks early. He was in intensive care for more weeks than I can remember. And uh, uh, he had surgery when he was in, in the hospital. And it, it was just all kinds of problems. But can I tell you the biggest heart-wrenching thing for me, and I think for my wife too, uh, during that, actually during the first five probably about five years of his life, we didn't know where he was. What I mean by that is we didn't know if he'd ever be able to walk. We didn't know if he'd be able to not walk at all, walk with a walker, uh, be in a wheelchair his whole life. We didn't know how much brain damage there was. Man, that ripped me seven ways to Sunday when I got my eyes off of Jesus and started worrying about that kind of stuff. Why? Well, because the unknown can scare you to death. Okay? Just remember one thing. It's unknown to you. It's not unknown to your father. <laughs> Isn't that good? I mean, really. That, that gives me some comfort. I don't know what's going on, but he does. <laughs> and he's the one who's in control, so it's, it's good that he knows what's going on. But we need, to have, we need to have grace to go through it. And if, 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 if God's working on our humility, great, wonderful, good, let's get it. Why? Because he giveth grace to the humble, and we're going to need grace. Third question he asked. Not only is God chastening me, is this to humble me, but thirdly, what character qualities is God desiring to develop in me through this? That's true of every person here. That's true of you, that's true of me, that's true of all of us. God is going to use this to fine-tune us. Fine-tune us. Uh, it could, you know, at least for a while, it could change the face of our nation. It could change a lot of different things. But what we need to, to look at is, what is God doing with me? Not you, not the country, not our government. All those things I understand are, are part of the equation. But the thing I need to focus, because I can't, I can't, listen, I, I can't even look at you and say, well, I wonder what God's going to do in, you know, in this person's life. What, what, what's God going to do in that person's life? I have no idea. But I know that God wants to do some things in my life. So I need to, I need to hone in on what character qualities is God desiring to develop in me through this. Could be compassion. 
Oh, it definitely could be compassion for me sometimes. Definitely could be compassion. That sarcasm is way, way too high. Uh, it could be compassion. It could be kindness. It could be, and I know that this wouldn't be you, but, and it probably isn't me either. Patience, right? Right? Uh, we don't have to worry about that. We'll just go on to the next one. But uh, te- temperance. Temperance means control. You know, who's in control? Is it God's in control or, or you and I? Um, love, uh, wisdom, diligence, forgiveness. I mean, there's all kinds of... There might, might be some bitterness that God is dealing with, uh, with you about. But uh, what character qualities, what, char- yeah, what character qualities, plural, is God working on in my life through this whole thing? Then the fourth question is, is this preparation for me to be a blessing and a comfort to others in the future? Can I answer that for you? Okay, I'll just answer it for you. Yes, <laughs> it is. It is. And it may be the not-too-distant future. You know, God may, may put you through something so you can immediately be a help to somebody else. And, uh, you know, if, if this thing really, really goes south and really, really causes an even bigger mess than what we've got right now, uh, what, what is it that God wants us to do as a church? What does God want you to do as a family? What does God want you to do? What is he preparing you for? He's preparing you for something. You know, I, I look back at at all the different situations in our family's life. And I, I see today, I've got, we've, got, we've got a son in Brazil. Just won his first soul to Christ in Portuguese. Man, I, I still haven't gotten over that. Whoop, that's exciting. Um, but uh, he, he, uh, he's down there serving God in Brazil. He got one serving God in Texas. Uh, got one serving God up in uh, Massachusetts. Got two serving God right here and all in different areas and under different circumstances. Well, you know what? God put my wife and I through things so we could pass it on to them. We all went through some things as a family so that in those various different positions, wherever we all may be, we can pass it on to somebody else. And God's putting, putting us through so we can prepare. And that's why it's so important to go through the thing Following the Spirit of God rather than following the flesh and just knee-jerking. And then the last question. And like I said, you could probably have 20, 30, 40 questions. I'm just going to be easy on you this morning. I'm going to give you five. Uh, is this designed to draw me closer to God? Can I answer that one for you? Yes, <laughs> it is. It is. Uh, use this as an opportunity to get close, closer to the Lord, to cause you to trust Him more. Uh, to, 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 to make us less dependent on ourselves and more dependent upon Him. Take your Bibles and turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 3. 1 Peter chapter 3. And look at me in verse 15, because I think, I think this, is, this is part of it right here. Verse 15 says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. In other words, in other words, uh, uh, get closer to Him. Get holy. Uh, get get uh, uh, make God somebody special in your heart. Give Him a special place. And it says, sanctify the Lord God in your heart. Why? And be ready 
always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Now that meekness and and fear, uh, we ought to be be giving our answers meekly and we ought to be giving our answers fearfully. Now that's not the spirit of fear, but fearing God. And and fearing the fact that that if, if we don't give the right answer, it could really make a really make a difference in the person's life and that God has a desire for us to give the right answer. Uh, We have an opportunity as individuals, we have an opportunity as a church to shine bright during this time. But we've got to be where God wants us to be as individuals. That's That's not a corporate decision. That's an individual decision. We have, to, we have to be ready to give an answer of the hope that lieth within us. Now, let me ask you this question. <laughs> when people see you that are not saved, what do they see? You know what they see in some? I'm talking saved people, okay? They see this. Scared to death of what's going to happen. What's the difference between that and them? Nothing. There is no difference. But if they, and listen, if you've got, if you're on the right side of this thing, and, and you, you're, rather than having a doomsday attitude, you've got a hopeful spirit, that hopeful spirit shows up. It's on your face. It's in your attitude. I can see it in people's eyes. I can. And people can see it in your eyes and mine. If we're, if we, you know, if we are despairing, if we're worried, if we're fearful, it shows. If we have hope, that shows too. And what this verse says is they're going to want to know why are you different? Why aren't you coming apart at the seams like everybody else? Now, I realize we've got a lot of folks that are missing this morning. Can I tell you something? With just this little band right here, we could cause a real ruckus. And I mean this in the right way, okay? Not in the wrong way. Don't get me wrong. Say, oh, boy, we're going to have a ruckus. No. (laughs) But, I mean, we could... Listen, if 12 men in the book of Acts can turn the world upside down. What in the world could we do if we just had the right spirit and the right actions and did the right things and looked to God rather than look to the, the, the news, whatever news source you use? Uh, you know, if you're a newser, you're a loser, I think. Uh, it's, it's really the truth, because what that'll do is that, that will... And I just came up with that. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to give God credit for that one. That was all me. But... But but it but it's true. It's just it's just true, and uh, you know they they will see. Listen, if you're walking with God, they're going to see you're walking. With, they might not understand it. They're not going to they're not going to be able to pinpoint it, but they'll see that you're different. Listen, I have heard of people in our church that have been been asked questions uh, previously by by. Uh, by people that they work with, by relatives. 
Why, why aren't you all upset about this thing? Why aren't you coming apart here? How come your marriage has lasted so long? How come... And the reason why is because out in the world, that stuff's all falling apart. It's just all falling apart. And if you keep it together because you're walking after the Spirit, not after the flesh, then people are going to see. Our, you know, the thing I want you to ask yourself this morning is this. Am I reacting to what's going on? Or am I responding to what's going on? A response is measured. A reaction is a knee-jerk. And what is God doing in your life? Your life. Nobody else's. Not the country. Not the state. Not the church. What is God doing in your life right now? Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, thank you for words of reassurance. Thank you that you have not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and of a sound mind. Thank you that there is hope, no matter how hopeless circumstances and situations may get. We have no idea what the end of this thing is. But God, I know I have a, a God in heaven. I know I have a heavenly Father who loves me and loves each person down here in this congregation this morning. Father, I pray that, that our desire would be to not react in fear, but, of, but react in power, react in love, and, and not even react, respond in power, respond in love, and respond in a sound mind. And follow after the Spirit, not after the flesh. May people see a difference in us, and may we allow these things that are taking place to affect us, to mold us, to make us by a proper response to our God. Lord, there might be someone here this morning that's not saved. I don't know hearts. You know hearts. I certainly wouldn't want to go through what we're about to go through in the next few months uh, without a Savior. Because the only alternative that we'd have is the spirit of fear, but I don't, I don't need to grab a hold of that spirit of fear because i got a spirit of power and of love and a sound of mind because of Jesus Christ. Lord, if there's someone here without, without you as Savior, I pray today would be the day they get saved. pray they come see me and say, Preacher, I need to get this thing settled. Lord, for those of us that are saved, help us to take this thing seriously and take this thing personally. Make sure that we're where you want us to be and where we need to be so that you can get honor and you can get glory through this whole situation. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, God, for the spirit of God that works in our hearts and gives us the power and the strength to do that which is right. Help us to make decisions right now that would please and honor and glorify you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's all stand together. Let's